and unlike your last assignment, your rest is not disturbed by the howling of wolves or really anything. You have a very pleasant night's sleep and wake up in the morning to some quiet chirping of birds and the sun streaming through the window. Is it safe to say that's an interlude? or? Um, if you would like it to be, yes. All right, it is morning and it is your scene. Piper will get up, ready himself, and head to the common room. Babiaka will do the same, heading down to the, the common area. The innkeeper will offer you food, tea, anything you might want in the mornings. Piper will take it. All right. He will once again bring out some food and drinks to your table. You have quite good service here. Ah, thank you, miss. I try. Not that I didn't used to, but uh, it's especially important now that so many people are staying at the other inn. Perhaps you could help us out some. Where would you suggest that we investigate these disappearances? I couldn't say, miss. I'm in town. You should talk to. You could talk to the doctor. She's the one who had the uh, unenviable task of sorting out who was who, so to say. Uh, other than that, I've... I'm afraid it's not anything I have any knowledge of. I see. Uh, have there been any travelers recently? Anyone from out of town that could have committed these acts? Other than yourselves, no one of note passing through. No. Thank you. Shall we do the school? That is the most time-sensitive one. Should we all go together, or shall we split up? Tackle different things. I am fine with everyone going to the school, if you so wish. All right. I don't know if it will help with our investigation, but it might help us find the missing child. Whether those things are connected or not has yet to be seen. Hmm. I'm sure it's unrelated. Very well. Lead on. Uh, Inkeep, can you point us in the direction of the school? Ah, uh, uh, yes, miss. Just down the road and take a right. Thank you. And Babiaga will lead the way to the school. Once upon a time, a child saved the world of fairy tales. His reward was a wish. The one who plots in the shadows saw an opportunity to tarnish the child's heart, whispering words of corruption to him. The child asked the king of fairy tales to grant the villains, accursed for centuries, a new life. This was to be their chance for redemption. This was how the villains became good. But any light needs a shadow, and in turn, the heroes became evil. At that moment, all fairy tales were shattered. Thank you.
approaching a small brick schoolhouse, you hear the laughter and shouts of children, occasionally punctuated by the subdued protests of the teacher who is trying in vain to quiet them. You have found the school. Shall we simply interrupt their schooling? Or do we wait for school to let out and, con and talk to the teacher? I do not know. When does it end? I don't know. What if it's only open in the mornings? Then... For lunch sometime. I guess we could wait. We could also just stand ominously in the doorway of the school and wait for the teacher to have a free moment. Good morning, children! As Piper walks into the school. As the other two debate, just standing outside it. Uh, some children look up curiously as you enter. They are seated at desks, but there is very clearly not much learning happening. Uh, there are children throwing balls of paper at each other, yelling. Uh, chalk is occasionally flying through the air as well. At the front of the room stands a very defeated-looking young man, who you assume to be the teacher in charge of this chaos. Uh, you do see one boy who looks to be attempting to study very, very hard at his desk amidst the chaos. And the students, although you are interesting and new, very soon go back to their yelling and throwing. Oh, no, they fucking won't. Says <laughs> <laughs> <Says> Piper. <laughs> yep. Piper will jump up onto one of the desks and he will say we have not long come from a town where the children that were going to school and not studying were getting eaten by giant wolves and he will play in part an emotion alright what emotion does he wish uh, these children activated. and teacher and sorry activated Captivated. Oh, I heard I was activated. he's finished he will drop down and go over very quickly and look at the two fools that have come with him and go ask the teacher the questions while he's captivated i know you are as well but pay attention talk to the teacher i want to hear about the wolves <laughs> and he smacks her on the back of the head and he will start talking to the children about literature because he knows about that stuff so he imparts upon them an english lesson while the other two hopefully can <laughs> ask questions 
And the children are staring at you entirely enraptured, even the ones who would normally not wish to hear at all about English literature. Uh, and despite the fact that they don't speak English. That's fine. We don't have to care about that. <laughs> I mean, I could have said Italian literature. I, I was joking. They, it can be English literature. Whatever he has been studying, he's been studying... He's telling them all about it. And they're interested. Uh, they've, they've never looked more interested in anything in their lives. Yep, all the children are completely enthralled. He will talk to them about the moral lessons of dangerous liaisons. And they look very, well, very captivated. Which was written in 1782. And the teacher is both captivated and relieved that the children are no longer throwing things and screaming. And he will do his best to actually teach them something. He's taking it upon himself that maybe for the first time ever, they may indeed be getting a proper lesson where they are learning something. So he will be doing that. Obiaga shakes her head and, like, coming out of a daze. Here, I don't care about literature that much. Whatever. And she will go over to the teacher. And he will also have sort of a moment of being torn away from what Piper's talking about and look down at Baba Yaga and look slightly confused for a moment, but then he'll say, Please tell me you don't wish to enroll. I wouldn't dream of it. Thank heavens. I do, however, have some questions for you. <sighs> well, the children are quiet for once, so what can I help you with? Do you remember Carlo? Carlo? Uh, yes, he's a student here. When was the last time you saw him? And he looks quite confused at you. Uh, I can see him right now. And he gestures to a boy seated in one of the desks. Who is perhaps a little shorter than Baba Yaga. Has light sandy colored hair and a dusting of freckles. I see. That is not the person I was actually thinking of. Perhaps he has a different name. Do you have a student with glasses and dark hair? No. And he gestures at all the children who are sitting down. These are all the students. No one like that. And please just, like I said, don't add anyone else. I, I can't. I can't handle these children. No more students, please. Of course, don't worry. So, then, has anything unusual happened around here? At the school or the town? Thinking the school specifically, but... No, it's all... <sighs> business as usual. And you would... Hmm. Are all of the kids in the town enrolled here? No. Children come to school if they wish to. It is not 
required some children never attend. Although I don't know why these ones are here. They don't seem to want to learn anything. <sighs> For the most part, they come here to waste their morning, all except Lucino, who is a good student. Would you mind if I talk to Lucino? I suppose you can. And he gestures to the desk next to Carlo, who he had pointed out earlier, where another boy is seated. And he is the one who, when you entered, was the only one actually trying to study. Oyaka will go over to Lucino. And he is enthralled by Piper's moral literary lesson. Lucino, I know that the literary lesson is fascinating. Oh, it is. It's much better than what they normally teach here. However, I'll have to tear you away for a moment because I have a few questions for you. Uh, You're good at answering questions, aren't you? And he looks sort of doubtfully at Baba Yaga and looks to James... And looks to Piper. Um. Why are you asking? I hear that you're the best student here. I try. I want to learn a lot so that I can take an apprenticeship. I need to take up a trade so that I can help my family. That's very noble of you trade are you to in? Really decided yet? I mean, I'd much rather learn about things like, well, what he's talking about, he gestures towards Piper, but that doesn't really get you any money. So, I suppose we don't have a carpenter anymore. That's something. Or there's masonry, or there's thatching, or there's... And he looks like he could just keep listing trades for quite a while. Yes, all of those are great choices. So, I wanted to talk to you. Have you seen a boy with glasses and dark hair walking around anywhere? No. No, he hasn't shown up in any of friend groups or anything. No, I don't know anyone like that. And I'm really only friends with Carlo. And he gestures to the boy seated next to him. Carlo, can I talk to you for a moment as well? And the boy seated next to him looks at you with some confusion. What is it? Have you ever met a man by the name of Geppetto? No. Are you sure? I am sure. He is hard at... I don't think you're entirely telling the truth. Because... And frowns. Because I've met a man named Geppetto, and he claims that you are his son. I'm not his son. I don't even have any parents. Really? No uh-huh. parents at all? Nope. Not a single one. 
Oh, I'm terribly sorry. That must be a hard life you live. But Fine. he does still think that you are his son. Why might that be? It's crazy. It's certainly possible. But you see, we are trying to find a missing boy. And any information you can give me could be helpful. This Geppetto, who you claim not to know, but I can see that you do. Don't, don't try and fool me. If he took this child, you might be able to help us save him. No one's missing. I don't know what you're talking about. Do you know everyone in the town? Yes. <laughs> then you certainly know about Nico. No. But I thought you knew everyone in town. I do. But not Nico. And not Geppetto. He's the carpenter's apprentice who's gone missing. No, he's not. Carlo leans over to his friend, Lucino, whispers something in his ear, turns back to you, stands up, and says, I don't have to answer any more of your questions because no one can catch me. And he runs out of the schoolhouse. What did he say to you? Nothing. He just whispered, nothing, nothing, nothing to you. Look, I don't know you. And you were scaring my friend. So I don't know that it would be in anyone's best interest for me to go sharing his secrets. James will take off his glove, revealing his hook, and slam his hook into the desk onto the paper and lift it up. You will tell us what he said. If you think that I was scary now, just wait to see what I can really do. He looks troubled, and he says, No, I don't think that's the right thing to do. You two are acting dangerous, and... And telling dangerous people about my friend isn't the right thing to do. We just want to help him. I'm worried that Geppetto might target him next if he's the one kidnapping children. Geppetto used to work with the old carpenter. I don't know why he'd be kidnapping anyone. And if you wanted me to tell you things, you probably shouldn't have gone around threatening people because now I don't trust you. That's not a good way to conduct yourself if you wish to forge relationships with people. What assurance could you provide me that you aren't the one who wants to hurt my friend or anyone else? You're the ones making threats. I haven't met anyone else in the town making threats. 
I suppose you would just have to take our word for it. We are here to help. You have said so. Then you made threats. I'm sorry. I don't trust you. That's fine. Now, if you don't mind, I would like to continue listening to this lecture. It is fascinating. Babiago will walk over to Piper. That student is not being very cooperative, but he does seem to enjoy your lecture quite a bit. Maybe you can get more out of him. And Piper will come over and spin a chair around and sit down and put his feet on the table. Finger and rubs where there's a hole in the desk. Was that there before? No, that was him. And he gestures to James. Ah, uh, yes, unfortunately. The thing you must understand about my companions is... Well, one is a little girl. She the sticks other, out his tongue at you. And I'm sure you could understand that when that is the vocation that one has, it could have a lot of disobedient and unhappy people that you have to deal with on a day-to-day -day kind of situation, which makes James a little impatient. What are you then? Are you a teacher? I am a storyteller, a bard, a actor, but I know things. An actor does best with what he knows. So I try to know as much as I can. And you want to know the same thing as them? I'm not actually sure what it was that they were wanting to know. I was giving a rather captivating speech about some French literature. What was it that they wanted to know? What my friend told me. Did what your friend tell you, would it be of harm? Well, it certainly could be if he's going to go around slamming his hook into things. I am sure he did not mean to cause you concern. My friend told me where I could meet him. I don't know if I want to tell you, because I don't know what all of you want. <laughs> we are looking into one thing specifically, which is the unfortunate disappearances that led to the appearances of the dead. First and foremost, that is our concern. We have found some discrepancies, however, between one Geppetto. Carlo always says that Geppetto and Antonio are trying to get him. But even though Carlo is my friend, doesn't always... Well, some of the things he says aren't true. So I don't know if that is true. I don't know why a carpenter and Geppetto, who used to work with the carpenter, would be trying to get Carlo. No. See, we are not entirely sure if that is true ourselves. 
However, under the current situation with these unfortunate deaths, we would rather play on the safe side than ignore something and regret it later. We do not want anything to happen to your friend. Harlow is staying at the Villa Balaki. The new inn? Yes. Where there is drunkards and women of the night. A rather unsavory place for a child. I don't know about that. There is wine and gambling and... Some people say it's not a very good place. I've only been there when I go to visit Carlo. Where is he getting the money to pay for his lodgings? I don't know. He said the innkeeper was his relative and is letting him stay there. Interesting. Well, thank you. You have been most helpful. Well, if nothing else, it was the best school we've had so far. Oh, I am most sure it has been. But I thank you for your words, nonetheless. And Piper will tip his hat. And the students around are starting to gradually return to their prior level of disruption. The teacher at the front of the room is slowly returning to his prior level of despair. And it is returning to what you get the sense is its normal state of chaos. And Piper will take that as a good time to leave. <laughs> Baba Yaga will follow Piper out. So, we know where the boy has gone. Shall we track him down now? I would like to speak with the doctor. Our first concern is why we were sent here. If the two coincide, I am more than happy to combine. I agree. And you had previously been informed where there was a makeshift morgue, basically in a storage shed behind where the doctor normally has her practice. So you are aware of its location. So if you would like to make your way there, you may. I would like to make my way there. Excellent. Yes. All right. You come across a storehouse-like structure behind a house out of which you assume the doctor has her practice. It was clearly never intended for such a purpose as storing bodies. While the bodies are no longer there, signs of them remain. A solemn-looking woman is attempting to scrub bloodstains off of wooden tables. And she looks up as you enter. Blood stains can be particularly difficult to remove. Would you like any help with that? I am sure I'll manage. How may I help you? I... None of you appear particularly injured or ill. Indeed not. We have been sent by the Vatican. We are... Investigating any motions to the bloodstained desks. 
I see. I am not usually in the habit of investigating corpses, but for a small town, I was the best they had. I can certainly tell you all that I saw, but the bodies themselves have been burned. Then we will have to deal with that. If you will be so kind as to inform us of what you have indeed learned. She frowns and says, There were ten corpses in different states of decay. I took that to mean they had not all been killed at the same time. All of their skin was removed. And considering I could not find any other wounds that could have led to their death, I made the disturbing assumption that it was removed while they were alive. Everything else was intact. Their organs remained. However, the skin and muscles to which it were attached were simply removed. Is there any possible medical reason for this? Certainly not that I am aware of. Can you tell with what instruments they were removed? I am afraid I have no means to determine that. I would assume something very sharp. Could this have done it? And she holds up the chisel. I do not know. That is a wood carving tool, is it not? It is. It certainly would not be my first choice were I to carry out such a terrible task. If it were sharpened enough, however, I suppose it is possible. Can I examine the chisel again and see if there are tool marks from it being sharpened? Uh, you can look at it. You can't really tell. I mean, it's not gone dull, as in you imagine it could still be used for wood carving. However, it does not seem sharp enough to be slicing off skin. Okay. There is still one missing person not accounted for. His body was not recovered in the well. The apprentice. Nino. I will admit it was not an exact science determining the identity of these bodies with their skin removed. It was more down to their belongings, personal effects that had been thrown into the well with them. That, their height roughly, was all we really had to go on. I'm afraid there's nothing else I really have to tell you. It's certainly nothing I've ever seen before. Is there anything else you can tell us about the murders? Anything you may have heard or discovered from the bodies? Well, 
other than Nino, they were all... Well, I suppose it it's cruel to say, but the sort of people that people might not have gone looking for. It was only after so many started disappearing, really, I feel that people noticed there was a pattern. The, the first few could have gone overlooked. They were more sort of vagrants who sometimes come through town or or those without many friends who wouldn't be missed. But Nino, he wasn't like that. He was a regular member of the community. Uh, he had a job. People certainly would have, and did, notice his disappearance. And what about the carpenter and Geppetto? Them, well, Antonio the carpenter, he left after we found the bodies. Uh, Nino was already missing at that point. And Geppetto, I... He's still sometimes in town. He's a very odd man. Do you know if he has any siblings or children? Geppetto? As far as I'm aware, he has no family in the town. It is a pretty wild claim for him to make. Claim? He said he is looking for his son. I have certainly never heard of him having a child. And he looks back at the other two. Why lie when it is such an easy one to break? Is confusing. Well, if he said it to you... It is a small town, and we know who are visitors and who are not. He may have simply assumed you would not know his family or lack thereof. Why lie at all? That I... I could not say. He has always been somewhat unusual. He declared himself to be Antonio's apprentice. However, he certainly never did any carpentry. What did he do? I, I do not know. He spent time with Antonio in the shop, but to the best of my knowledge, he never learned any carpentry there. It seems we may need to talk to Geppetto again. Do you know where we might find him? No. I have not seen him recently. He used to stay in the carpenter shop where Antonio lived as well. However, that is closed up. I don't think anyone is there. Perhaps we will check it out just to be sure. Do you two have any other questions? No, you've been most helpful. Uh, glad to be of help. If you can clear any of this up, I would much prefer if this town had no more murders. That is our goal as well. If there is anything else I could assist you with, I am usually... 
either, well, I've been trying to put this back in order as my storage room, but when not doing that, I'm normally in my practice at the front. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, if you were looking for the old carpenter shop, it is just down the street, a little farther the same direction as... Uh, have you been to the Gambero Rosso? Yes. Yes, we have. That's where we are staying. Down the road in that direction. Thank you for your help. My pleasure. Well, the help that is not any of the rest of this. And she goes back to scrubbing at stubborn bloodstains. Where should we head next? We can check out the carpenter shop. Or we can try and track down Geppetto, though I don't think we have any leads in that front. I think we should look at the shop. Yes, I think that is our best chance. You are able to find your way to the carpenter's shop with the directions you've been given. And it is closed. The window has been emptied. There is nothing that says that anyone has been here recently. If you try the door, it does not, however, seem to be locked. And walk in. As you step into the carpenter's shop, you take in the smell of sawdust and resin. The shop does not, in fact, appear to have been packed up, and some unfinished projects sit on tables. On the back wall is a door, possibly to another room. It is dark. I would like to make a ball of light. Alright. And as your ball of light fills the room with some glow... It shines off something metal on the wall. In fact, a whole lot of somethings. There is a whole set of carpentry chisels on the wall, but it appears that one is missing. Baba Yaga will walk up to the set of chisels and place the one that she found in the well on the rack. It's a perfect fit. It would appear we have found where the chisel came from. We may have found that Antonio did not go on a holiday after all. Perhaps. I believe Nino is also a possible suspect. Children are capable of many things. I think it's not entirely... Impossible that Antonio may be deceased. All right, uh, it's easy, so position check. You're looking for a three. Can my light assist? <laughs> okay, I'll give you what's called an increment for the light. If you wish to argue that, you only need a two. They'll all be ones. Oh, oh, well, still Not a one. <laughs> all of them. Sorry. <laughs> I will say I cannot look because I'm assisting with the light as like a, a way to balance it slightly he points with his cane these are not a rare item to the point of being excessively expensive but to 
a tradesman, their tools are essential and they take great pride in the knowledge that they take in crafting them and obtaining them. He would not have gone without them. Not willingly, perhaps. And then Piper will examine the room. All right, you need a two. Or a three if you want no sort of complication, but... Three success. And Piper moves about the room, opening cupboards and lifting up fallen over pieces of drywall and the equivalent of the day. <laughs> and he pulls out a leather school bag and he opens it up. And he grabs something from the top, which is a folded up piece of paper, which he hands to James. He doesn't look at it. He just grabs it and sticks his arm out holding it and he flicks it a couple of times. Then he starts to empty the contents onto one of the tables. James will take the letter. I was waiting for you to send me something. Sorry. I did. They're just passing notes between each other. <laughs> yes. Here's this is a letter of registration from a man, no, child named Carlo. These are, and he holds up books, rather uninspired school books for a rather uninspired teaching method. And he drops them onto the top of the desk. How odd. It would seem that Carlo knew more than he let on. And as you pause to think, you hear a quiet noise. Quiet enough that you have to pause to think if you really heard it. But you're fairly certain there was a noise behind the door on the far wall of the carpentry shop. Piper will definitely point at it with his cane and look at the man with the blade. James will take his sword out. We heard you. I would recommend coming out now. No response. James will go in. The door is locked. He will attempt to break it down. Okay. There you go. All right. Um, Let's take bets. Is there a scared child on the other side or <laughs> a murderer? I oh, know the dice have not been nice, but I will roll. I'll roll one. Ah, there That's you good. go. Since it's an old, older wooden door, he will stick his sword in between the gap and kind of push on it like a crowbar, and the door will swing open. Okay. And. As the door swings open, you notice an acrid, coppery sort of smell emanating from the room. You have found what appears to be some sort of alchemical laboratory. There are shelves full of beakers and bottles containing liquids of various colors. Hanging on the far wall are two human-sized figures. An apothecary. A butcher. It is quiet within and nothing is moving. Obiago will walk up to one of the hanging 
bodies and poke it. What you took for hanging bodies are, in fact, large wooden mannequins. They are very skillfully made. However, as you approach and get close enough to poke them, you notice that the wood is bloodstained and they are covered in a layer of decomposing skin. It appears we found the resident of the killer. And as you poke one of the mannequins, I would like you to make a defense check of... You need a three. As it suddenly lunges out towards you. Abiyaga goes to poke the mannequin and sees it twitch and pulls back at the last moment as it leaps off the wall and attempts to swing its wooden arm at her. She ducks underneath it and hops back. The second mannequin is also beginning to move and has stepped down from its spot on the wall. And both of them are moving towards you with sort of odd, jerky motions. Uh, she wants to try and identify like what is making these things move and see if perhaps they have a weakness that she has come across. Piper will go towards the first one and at the last second bin and he will slam his cane into its elbow as it reaches for him making its arm bend then he slides it up under its where its jaw would be and knocks its head back and then with the opposite end of the cane he smashes it into what would be the knee and although he knows it hasn't caused any pain it has knocked it a little bit off balance and he heard some of the wood crack a little and then he spins a little bit backwards and it definitely is a little shakier when it manages to get back up to its feet after being hit in the knee. It isn't moving quite as quickly as the other one now. James would like to smash the other one with his sword. As it starts walking towards him, James will kind of clyde it with his hook, knocking it to the floor, and then stab it in its leg. He will take his sword. And there's a hole through its leg, yet it still manages to stand up. Both mannequins are looking a little more unsteady now, and let me just... Alright, so the mannequin that James just stabbed through the leg, well, it didn't feel any pain. It's it's not very pleased about that still, and it stumbles towards him. So as the mannequin lunges towards you, it manages to grab a hold of your coat and with its other heavy wooden arm, it hits you across the face. Baba Yaga, who hasn't done anything to the mannequins quite yet, is standing there looking very non-threatening, and that looks very appealing to the second mannequin, who is going to lunge for her. Please make a defense check, Chris. The mannequin jumps at Baba Yaga, and she's going to use magic to slide a part of the table one of the 
workbenches um, a little bit into the path of the mannequin, knocking it off balance. And it kind of tumbles for a second, but regains its balance. Yeah, the one Baba Yaga has just kind of knocked off balance. From the desk, she's going to grab a bunch of alchemical uh, vials and um, various potions and throw them at the mannequin. And then she is going to uh, throw a small bead at the mannequin and have it ignite in midair, hoping to light some of the chemicals. So the alchemical vials splash against the wood of the mannequin, and luckily some of them are flammable. Babiaga reaches into her uh, bag of magical tricks and removes a small metal bead from it, which she then throws at the mannequin, snaps her fingers, and has it ignite in midair. The flaming chunk of metal hits the flammable liquid, and the mannequin bursts into flames. It staggers around for a few seconds and then crumples to the ground, continuing to burn. The fire doesn't spread as it's just burning through the chemicals and then the wood of the mannequin. James will kind of punch at it with his claw and gets a little bit surprised as his hand goes through the mannequin and he will raise it up and start chopping its limbs off. With a final burst of... It almost seems like anger, even though it's a wooden mannequin, and you're not sure why you have the sense that it would be angry, but it seems as though this is out of rage. While James is attempting to uh, dismember this mannequin, it lunges towards him with more speed and fury than it had before. And Kieran, I do apologize, but I need you to make a defense check and you need at least a seven. I pass! Okay. With disadvantage, but I pass. As he cuts uh, its left leg off, it lunges forward on his hook uh, towards him. And very quickly, he raises his sword and it bounces off of it and he will throw it to the ground and step on it. I guess crush it. And as you crush it with your foot, it twitches on the floor for a moment, and then everything in the laboratory is once again quiet and still. That was fairy magic. You think? Fairy magic is wild and chaotic and quite dangerous. Which is also very self-serving. Whoever did this, did it for their own personal gain. Why with the flesh and, you know, all that? You know, Geppetto mentioned that he was into alchemy. 
Hence the word apothecary I said earlier, yes. It makes sense that he was also spending time here, but not doing any carpentry. I think we have found the culprits. Where is the carpenters? You don't think that they became those mannequins, do you? Entirely possible. They... One is missing, and the other went away. His tools are still here. The place is in disrepair. And Giappetto has been, at some point, residing here. Are these, though, them? I don't know. But I do think he may be dead. Where is he now? That is the question. Perhaps the boy knows. Perhaps. You also showed interest in the house on the hill. It did look like a good secret base. Yes, because all secret bases that everyone, the moment they see them, go, we need to check that out. It is a great place for a secret base. Yes, although it did have a mass grave Bobby, on the property. Yes. And the end, they're also burying, or at least trying to hide the corpse. Yes, I am not sure the house will avail much for us, but if you wish to examine it. Go check out the inn first. As you wish. So on the other side of town from the inn you are staying in, you find the Villa Beloki. It is a beautiful and sumptuous inn, which has recently been refurbished. Rich drapes and extravagant furniture fill the room. Some of the tables are occupied by townspeople who are gambling or drinking. You also see a familiar-looking boy sitting at one of the tables, and you get the sense pretending to read a book. All right, I suppose I can give it a shot. Unless you want to have a go, James. I don't think that would be the best idea. You saw what happened last time. And the owner of the inn, who is behind the bar, has noticed you enter. He does not, however, greet you or seem particularly interested, but continues with whatever it is that he is doing. Babiaga is going to sneak up behind the kid. Okay. Grab him on the shoulder and say, Caught you. Or so you thought. However, as you go to grab him, it's like your hand slips off him. And he looks at you and said, I told you no one can catch me. What? What? sort of magic is this? I don't know anything about magic. Just like you don't know anything about Geppetto. Yes. No? Yes. <laughs> and he looks at you, but he seems to slightly be less concerned now that he is quite sure you can't just get a hold of him. So he's looking at you with more curiosity than terror. 
What do you want? Because I don't care. I want to find Geppetto. No, you don't want to find Geppetto. I don't know where he is. Is everything you say a lie? No. You see, that's what you would say if it was a lie. No, I wouldn't. What would you say if you were not lying? It just looks at you slightly confused. <laughs> I understood that question. You don't know where Geppetto is. No. No, you do know where he is. I don't know where he is. I'm trying to think of a clever thing, but it's not coming to me. Are you only allowed to lie? No. Interesting. Did Geppetto do this to you? Yes. That means he didn't. Do you know who did this to you? I'm... Uh... Exactly sure? So you're not exactly sure? No. Yes? Will you take us to Geppetto? I want to... Why not? Geppetto and Antonio are... nice. And they never kill anyone. I see. Well... We can protect you. You don't have to worry about them. We're here to catch them and make sure they pay for everything they've done to this town. I believe you. Do you remember that story that the Piper told earlier about the wolves? I was listening. Right, of course you weren't. There were wolves in a town nearby that were terrorizing the local populace. We managed to figure out who was behind it and solve the problem that they were facing and then no longer attack the town. We want to help this town just like we helped that one. I don't want to stay here. I don't want to be friends with Lucino. I want to go with Geppetto and Antonio. Do they want to take you somewhere? No. Antonio and Geppetto aren't very bad. I believe you. I can't show you where they are. That would be very helpful. If you are willing to do this, we can guarantee your safety and make sure they never hurt anyone ever again. He looks a little doubtful, but he'll get up from the table and head to the door and look back to see if you're going to follow him. I stand up as well, and we'll beckon to the others to follow. And Pipe a will. James will also. Carlo will start heading in the direction of the abandoned manor house. Will everyone follow in silence? Uh, yes. We will follow. <laughs> Babiaga will say when she realizes the direction that they're heading. Are they staying in the manor? 
no. And as you approach the Villa Celestorino, you notice that the house would once have looked quite beautiful, but time and neglect have taken their toll. Ivy has spread over the crumbling stone walls, and the once neatly tended grounds are a tangle of weeds and thorny bushes. Your path to the house leads through an overgrown garden. Behind trees and scraggly shrubs, you swear you can see flickers of movement. There's nothing there. I see it too. And Babiaga will make a... Uh, Babiaga will make a ball of light and have it go over to where the thing might be. And suddenly, turning in the direction of the ball of light, there is not one thing. There are four mannequins that look similar to the two you found in the carpenter's shop. And something that takes you a moment to identify, but appears to be a very old, very sick bear who has no fur. And they all will begin heading in your direction. I would like to play a tune. Absolutely. Are you attempting to enchant animals? Yes. How about it? You need a five. Unfortunate. So he tries to play, but while he thinks the tune should have worked, it didn't. He's suspecting the bear being sick may also be hard of hearing. It is possible. The bear continues lumbering in your direction. So him and the bear kind of have a stare off, and the bear suddenly charges at him. He will leap to the side and stab uh, the bear right in the side, and as it runs past, it kind of tears the sword a little bit. Abiyoga remembers how effective fire was last time, and is going to take out another uh, of those silver, basically ball bearings, and throw it at the nearest mannequin. As the ball bearing goes flying through the air, it ignites. It heats up more than expected, so instead of igniting the mannequin, it travels straight through it and out the other side, leaving a smoldering hole. But the mannequin continues to advance. And one of the mannequins suddenly lunges at Carlo, who, in shock, sort of blurts out I can jump over that and he does he leaps much higher in the air than you think should be possible and lands quite gently on the other side of the mannequin and ducks behind a shrub the bear who has been slashed at by James is going to return the favor please make a defense check you need a five so the bear's claws rake across James's shoulder and he takes one wound. The mannequin that Baba Yaga wanted to ignite is going to attempt to swipe at her with one of its arms and you need to get at least a three, Chris. 
as it pinwheels towards her, Babiaga sticks out her hand, tries to push it back, and it's still swinging, trying to hit her. And she pushes off of it and jumps back, avoiding its attacks. And a mannequin is going to lunge at Piper. He needs a three. He's already got a three from being acrobatic, but if he wants an extra for no disadvantage, he may attempt to get an extra. So the mannequin tries to grab him, and he uses his cane to get its arms all tangled up and spins it around and gives it a bit of a shove. So he sends it stepping a couple of steps in the wrong direction. The last mannequin that has not done anything saw where Carlo had ducked behind a bush and is headed towards him. For his part, he has picked up a stick off the ground and is sort of brandishing it in front of him like a sword. And as the mannequin bears down on him, he stammers out, Uh, this can defeat mannequins and he hits the mannequin with the stick and it clatters to the ground yeah he's convinced now that the bear can't hear oh dear it's old and deaf and hairless is it he will go for a mannequin okay the one that baba yaga already hit or one of the other two that are left um one of the other two why not okay so you need at least a three more if you want no complication. It's just too small and agile for him. It keeps swinging. It keeps dodging out of the way. Ah. Doing inhuman bends because it's not a human. Babiaga is going to pull out another ball bearing and throw it at the mannequin that she attacked before. Uh, as the ball bearing ignites, this time it's not going to burn a hole straight through it as she's learned her lesson. And it catches in the joints of the mannequin as it bursts into flames. So does the mannequin. And as whatever spirit that was inhabiting it departs, Babioga gives it a farewell that allows it to leave peacefully. And Carlo, who is slightly emboldened by his masterful defeat of one of the mannequins, swats at the bear with his stick, which has absolutely no effect. And he will back up in fear as the bear turns its head slowly to stare at him. The bear stares at the small boy, holding a stick, decides that it's really not that bothered by him, and is going to lunge for Piper, who keeps sort of making a sound at it that it doesn't understand. He waits to the last minute, and then when the bear comes crashing down, he rolls away to the left, and the bear comes up looking somewhat confused as he is sure there should be one of those bipedal things in his jaws and claws at this moment, and there isn't. 
Another of the mannequins is headed for Carlo, who, looking a little worried now, lashes out at it again with his stick. And on the mannequin, it does have an effect. This mannequin also falls to the ground as a pile of simple wood. Well, and blood and skin, but not animated anymore. The last mannequin is going to run at James. Please make it a fence check. You need a three. And the mannequin manages to get both of its wooden arms around James's throat and is squeezing quite hard. It does eventually let go as James is sort of slashing at it with his sword, but it has dealt one wound. Uh, Piper feels a little bit unhappy about this, but as he failed to find the resolution he really wished, he feels he doesn't have much option left. And as the bear starts to turn to look at him, he bends and lashes out with his cane, which cracks against the side of the bear's head. And the bear lets out a bellow of pain. James will attack the mannequin that attacked him. You will plunge your sword straight through the chest of it, but seeing as they're slightly magical, it really doesn't do anything. It splinters the wood, but it still can walk. Papioga is going to use magic to try and grab the nearby uh, shrubbery that was concealing the mannequins in the first place and have the branches wrap around the remaining mannequin. So vines wrap around the remaining mannequin, one around each limb, and they begin to pull in four directions. The joints of the mannequin give, and each limb is pulled in a different direction. The torso of the mannequin flops onto the dirt, and the soul that was inhabiting it floats off. And the bear has a look around at all the people who are standing around it and occasionally have been hitting it with things, and it decides the small boy with a stick hurt it the least, but also seems the least amount of trouble, and starts walking towards Carlo, who sort of shakily declares, Bears are afraid of me! And the bear stops and looks frightened of the small boy brandishing a stick and suddenly turns and doesn't exactly run as it is very old and slow, but lumbers off in a different direction. And Carlo is sort of looking around some concern, but sees that nothing else is coming, so he starts to relax a little bit more. Well done, Carlo. It seems that you have some ability to tell the truth. Yes, I can. And when you do, it becomes reality. Yes? Am I wrong? No? Then there must be more to it. Unless now you're telling the truth and the lying has worn off. Hmm. If I... 
tell the truth about me, then it doesn't happen. I see. It works for everyone. Meaning it only works for you. No. Right. Continue to take us to them, please. No. And... Thank you. The Broken Tales RPG is released by the World Anvil Publishing. Starring Ghost as Piper. SPG as James Henry Hook. Shadow as Baby Yaga. Emily is the storyteller. Sounds and music by Sirenscape.com and Epidemic Sounds. You can find us at Critfail.com.